Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Melanated Mom Podcast, where we keep ourselves as individuals, but we raise creative, innovative, and independent thinkers. Can't wait to meet you on the other side. Let's go. Listen to my mom's podcast. Hey, mamas. Okay, so which one of you are ready to start a podcast? Don't raise your hand because I can't see you, but I can tell you some of the amazing things that Anchor has to offer you in terms of making a podcast. First of all, Anchor is the easiest way that you could ever record your podcast. It's free. They have tons of creation tools for you to use right from your phone or your computer. They will also help you distribute your podcast so you have to do no extra legwork. And it can be heard on places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and many other listening platforms. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need all in one place. So if you're ready to get started, go download the Anchor app for free at anchor.fm. And guess what? I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hey mamas, this is week two of the podcast, Homeschooling While Melanated with my friend Deanna Dyer. If you have not yet listened to the first part, please go back and listen to it. She's a wealth of information. This was such a fun interview that I um, reached out to Deanna and told her that I wanted her to be a co-host with me on a couple of episodes. We have so much in common and we think so much the same. So I'm um, looking forward to doing that with her. I think that'll be fun. Before I jump into the episode, um, I wanted to ask my daily favors or my weekly favors, I should say, uh, about subscribing to the podcast. If you are um, on iTunes or the podcast app for Apple, it's very easy to subscribe. You actually just go to my podcast, Melanated Mom, and you will see a button there that asks you to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. And if you have some extra time, please leave me a review. Speaking of reviews, I got a really good review from my friend. She is my friend, Shanae. And she says, it's like talking to a friend. I like listening to the Melanated Mom podcast because Tracy talks to you just like she's talking to a friend over the phone. She's quick to tell you how challenging her situation can be, but also tells you about the beauty in each situation. If you give her constructive criticism, she makes adjustments as needed. It's evident that she cares about the listeners and her entire goal is to help them know that they are not alone and that they have an advocate in her if needed. I'm reading this, guys. I don't have glasses on. (laughs) I can't see. But that was such a sweet review. Thank you so much, Shanae. So if you get a chance to go over and leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. And I'll shout you out on the podcast. So without further ado, we will jump into the second half of the interview with Deanna Dyer. Okay, and so I think the fact um, that the schools are so monetized is what makes it a big issue. I even look at the way that we're able to discipline children um, and because they don't want to lose the money. On the kids, they're not even allowed to suspend them anymore. 
Right. Not really. It's all in-house suspension so that they can keep earning the dollars. And it yep. does become somewhat of a circus when, okay, we, we're not allowed to have the kind of control that we need to keep this place safe for everyone. We're mm-hmm. not allowed to have the kind of control that we need to make sure that the people that are actually here to learn and want the information are able to get it. And that's yep. a big problem, a huge problem yeah. in school because so much time and focus is spent on discipline. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm amazed to hear how fast somebody that is homeschooling or unschooling their kids are able to get through curriculum because they're not spending the time on discipline. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, classroom management in a brick and mortar situation is 95% of a teacher's job. Yeah. <laughs> and so if they don't have that down pat, which is it's hard to do with all the varying needs in the classroom, um, you know, that create creates such chaos. And yes, yeah, so the learning does suffer because you're having to deal with discipline issues or behavioral issues or whatever the issues are. And so you really kind of cut those things out because even if say you were to bring your child home and they're dealing with some kind of a behavioral issue or maybe a, a learning issue, because you're that child's parent, you sort of already have assessed some of the things that they're struggling with and you can better pinpoint those things also because the class size is you and your kids, you know, you can deal right. with it a lot more effectively than a teacher and 34, 35 students in a classroom. Um, so definitely they're, they're definitely getting more of an individualized education. And I love that because like I was talking about Joshua, my, my latent reader, um, he really struggled and it was me sitting right next to him all day long because he couldn't read so anything that we were working on I had to read it for him and then when we were reading or working on our um, phonics and things like that um, it was me sitting right next to him the whole time working with him through those issues and so um, he wouldn't have gotten that in a brick and mortar school situation and and so I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to be able to do that because Joshua he's just a naturally very competitive kid And I could foresee him becoming very frustrated with the fact that he wouldn't be able to keep up at the level of everyone else. And so that's no longer an issue. He's an honor roll kid. So it's like, you know, he can hang with the best of them. And but it was because I was able to take him out of that that environment and work with him one on one that we're seeing those measures of success today. That that is such a blessing. And I'm. I just wish that more parents would realize that our influence is so important. And sometimes I think the lack of that, like makes it hard for the brick and mortar schools as well, because (laughs) all of the responsibility (laughs) is left to them to teach their kids everything. And it's like, well, you know, teaching and like you said, teaching and learning, it is such a fluid thing. Like we Mm -hmm. have so many different ways that we can learn and so many different ways that we can be taught. And if we all begin to work together and community and brick and mortar schools, I think that it would look so much different than it does Absolutely. now. Yeah, absolutely. But it is definitely a team effort in the fact that the parents do need to be involved and the teacher needs to feel like that parent is their support. It can't just be like, I send my kid to school and you deal with him or her. <laughs> um, it's all on you. It just can't be that way. It's too much of a responsibility for a teacher who has to attend to other students other than yours. 
there it has to be a partnership for sure and yes i believe that it definitely will look differently if everyone was sort of on the same wavelength definitely so in terms of your children so when you guys go out and you said you talked about the social piece because that's always been something that i have been um for lack of a better word afraid of like how Mm -hmm. do they really get that social piece so when you guys are like doing your homeschooling, what other things do you add to that so that they can get to be around people their age? Right. So we are part of a, a local homeschool group. And um, so we meet every other Monday for a park day. And that my kids look forward to that like it's nobody's business. So it's like in the morning on that Monday, okay, guys, we got to get all of our schoolwork done before 1130 because <laughs> we got to eat lunch and then get to that park day that starts at one. So that's motivation for real. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, they go, sometimes they have different themes. Like one time it was a Nerf gun theme. So they were all shooting Nerf guns at each other. And then sometimes they'll do water play. And we, we have so many beautiful parks in El Grove. We just kind of rotate between parks and it just makes it really fun. So we do that. And then the homeschool group, um, it organizes other events. Sometimes I'm not able to make it to as many of them because I do work. And so a lot of these homeschooling moms, they don't necessarily. And so they get to do a lot more together. But then um, I also mentioned earlier earlier that I um, coordinated an enrichment adventure, basically. And so it was one day a week. It was Thursdays for the one that I coordinated this last year. Um, from nine to noon. And so it was um, an opportunity for them to get together with kids and their grade levels, probably like a grade level span, like TK to kinder was in one classroom, um, first and second was in one classroom and so on. And we went all the way up to eighth grade and they had an opportunity to do projects and fun stuff together. So STEM projects, art projects, math related activities, um, reading, read alouds. Um, Some of them created books and they illustrated them. We did bubble days. We had all kinds of events. We did holidays around the world. So we had kids from different ethnic backgrounds bring in what they use to celebrate like winter holidays. And so we learned about Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Um, Chinese New Year and all kinds of just amazing things, Ramadan um, and, you know, the traditional Christmas. And uh, that was really enlightening. People came in, you know, uh, traditional dress for them for that particular holiday. And they got to share about what their beliefs. And so just gave them an opportunity to really socialize, learn from each other, grow together and still do things that were educational, but have that socialization piece. So that was that was something that was huge for my kids. And the other part was because I coordinated the thing. They're sort of like the, you know, the principal's kids, quote unquote. So they helped me set up and tear down. So they were learning about responsibility right. and, <laughs> and helping in that way. So, yeah, there's a lot of lessons and a lot of socialization happened there as well. I just feel in my heart that kids who are homeschooled or unschooled are just getting so much more of a a benefit to learn things all the way around like you said the responsibility piece like what is um what do we have to do to set up and tear down all those Mm -hmm. things go such a long way because I know a lot of times my kids are just 
here for their adventure, right? But they're not right. doing any of the work that's involved in the adventure. They don't You're realize right. why I'm so tired because right. I'm here, you know, at 6 a.m. setting up and then I'm here at 6 p.m. tearing down and all you did right. was come and have fun. So right. I, I think that it gives them such a um, a bigger picture of the world and what things look like and what families have to do to thrive and survive together which is so important, you know, it's, it's all yeah. about community. And I, I think that we give, we give kids these passes that they don't need to be a part of the community. They just mm-hmm. get to come enjoy whatever happens. And then, right. no, they're too young. They don't need to do that. But you know, this is where the, this is where the lessons start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not right. too young. So right. I can definitely right. appreciate that. I love to hear that, yeah. that you get them involved in that way. Oh, definitely. And, you know, they actually came to meetings with me. Of course, I, you know, asked the families if it was okay, but none of the moms told me no, because I was an instant playmate. (laughs) You know, you bring (laughs) your own kids to the meeting. They have, you know, kids of their own, obviously. And so they just went off and played the whole time. And, you know, so they got to see, they got to see all sides of it. They got to see me working as a homeschool teacher and all that that entailed and then homeschooling. And me trying to juggle the fact that that I was a homeschool teacher supporting and serving other people, which I think is very important for any child to learn, is just to see service in action and being a participant in that. And then also being able to serve them as my own children. And so that was it was quite a juggling act. But I think that we did it. We did it okay. Um, And just having those opportunities to have them become, like I said, more responsible. I remember towards the middle of the school year, I just decided, you know what? I am going to have you guys start making your own lunch. I'm here to to supervise. And it was, it was causing me a little bit of anxiety to have to stop, you know, mid work project or whatever, because that was the time that I actually, I could squeeze something in during the middle of the day. So I just assigned my oldest two boys. I said, you guys are making lunch, (laughs) go in there, get them sandwich, get your sandwich game on and (laughs) make sure your sister gets fed and learning how to sort of relinquish some responsibility to them was a learning experience for me too. Cause as my kids get older, this is not true of every homeschool experience, but um, you can relinquish some of those responsibilities to your older kids. It's like, I don't have to be the only one doing this. You guys are responsible and capable and, and you need to know, you need to know how to learn how to cook for yourself and things like that. So those are some other lessons we started learning in homeschool this year. So that was good. It's such a big piece. And look, Deanna, that's what I use my summers to do. Like, what can we learn? How many things can we squeeze into the summer that by the time you start traditional school um, in the fall, you mm. can make some waffles? Um, what, can, what else can you do? You know what I mean? I need you to be able to yes. do a few things because this is going to free me up for one. And then the right. next summer that comes around, oh, now you're making breakfast. That's one less thing that I have to do. You know, yes. and like that, you said, it's a learning right. experience for us, too, because I get a little bit um OCD about stuff not being right. I mean, I right. wanted to, I, I don't want you guys making these huge, me- huge, mess- huge messes, but I can't yes. be asking for you to do things and you can't make a mess. So I'm going to have Girl, either or. Uh, you, pre- you preach into the choir right now because I'm the main one. <laughs> this is so funny. This is hilarious. So it kind of brings me to my next point. And this is not necessarily like 
specifically homeschool related, but I recently sort of snatched all electronics from my kids. My son, my oldest son had an iPad. He won a Nintendo Switch at church, girl. I said, Lord, what is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> took that. Uh, my daughter had an iPad. It was just consuming too much of our of their time, of their free time. And so I just decided, you know, enough is enough. I've tried, I've tried to figure out how to make this an incentive. I've tried to monitor. I've tried to do this and that. And so I was just tired. I said, we're done. We're done. And so... Um, I told them, I said, well, you guys will, you know, of course, instantly we're bored. I said, well, you need to get creative then. So I, I started getting like book subscriptions and like cr bought them some creative kits to do from Amazon and all this stuff. So they're, you know, getting all creative, quote unquote. And I walk out of my room having done some work and I'm looking at the dining table and it is just full of paint and rocks and books. And, and I'm just like, my OCD is like, oh my God, <laughs> it was out of the room. Um, and I said, you know, I brought this on myself because if I put an iPad in their hand, it's no mess. But again, it's they're learning, they're thinking, they're exploring, they're navigating. They're definitely cleaning up after <laughs> themselves. <laughs> so, you know, that, 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 I, that really resonated with me because I don't like messes at all. But I'm learning to, you know, hey, it's like I'm, what, 37 years old. I didn't gain these skills overnight. They have to learn and fine-tune their skills as well. But without practice, they can't do that. So I'm, I'm having to turn a blind eye to some of the mess. But the, the, you know, the things that they're learning and the ways in which they're growing have to sort of focus on that as the success and not so much a clean house because that that's not happening. And the clean house <laughs> thing is such a myth, though. I mean, it's right. like, you know, okay, so you seen some house in a magazine or you saw somebody on Facebook and they had a clean house. You know what? They cleaned that house up before they took a Facebook picture <laughs> because it did not look like that. If you have kids, I guarantee you it didn't look like that. So I, I yes. really do. I have to let a lot go. My kids love mud. They love to be in the backyard, you know, playing with insects yep. and stuff. I just let it go. I'm yeah. like, you know, that's what they invented soap and water for. We right. got brooms, we got dustpans, we, we can take right. care of it, you know, so. Right. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't not allow your kids to explore the world around them because you don't want to have a mess, and I think that that, that is really an important thing to understand is that, yes, your kids are going to be messy, and it's okay, right. as long as your kids are happy, they're healthy, they're learning, they're growing, that means you have a you have a healthy household. Exactly. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that. I know one more question I have for you um, connected to you working. I just want to know yeah. how you how you make that work. <laughs> like I really I have really been interested in that for so long. Like, how is a working mother making homeschooling work? Right. Um, well, like I said earlier, it definitely requires a plan. Um, so basically during the summer, um, the summer, any summer before I homeschool my kids. And like I've already said, I haven't homeschooled my kids every year and I haven't homeschooled all my kids, you know, every year. So it really varies year to year and what I sort of assess their needs are. But, um, 
so the summer before I homeschool, I usually create a plan of action as far as like what I want to see them learn from start to finish. Now that necessarily, that won't necessarily pan out, but at least I have a roadmap. Right. (laughs) And so I plan ahead. And then as far as my work schedule, what I did was um, I have to meet with my homeschool families once every 20 days. So I delegated a week. It was the third week of the month. And I sent out a schedule um, through Sign of Genius. And I said, hey, I'm going to be at Franklin Library on Monday from 10 to 3. You sign up for any slot, any 30-minute slot on that, you know, that schedule. Then Tuesday, I'm going to be in Galt. And Wednesday, I'm going to be at Elk Grove Library. And so that whole week was basically scheduled out specifically for my family so I could get those 20-day meetings in. And then everything else is basically I can do from home. So a lot of the paperwork can be done via text or email or online. Um, if a you know parent calls me about a curriculum or something they're struggling with, that's just a phone call. I could be sitting in my robe having that conversation. Right, right. Um, and then as far as this homeschooling is concerned, um, my boys are pretty independent. So they, lot, they did a lot of what they're supposed to do on their own. So I had a um, instructional DVD that they put in their laptop that would teach them their math lesson every day. And then I would, I would grade their lessons at the end of a week or two weeks whenever I got around to it. And then I would reteach any lessons that I could see that they didn't understand. <clears throat> and then for language, I taught them that. But they also had a grammar and writing book, which they just read the instructions and then did the lesson. But anytime they had a paper... Uh, basically we would come to the table together and do that together. And I I would grade it based on their grade level and their expectations for that paper were based on their grade level as well. So it was a lot of back and forth throughout the day. And with Elissa, since she was not, honestly, she didn't really need me. She's a really strong reader and she's very independent, but I was like, you're in the second grade. (laughs) So I sat, (laughs) I sat right next to her every day and helped her. But I, but you know, when she was reading or do, working independently on math, I would be replying to that email to a mom. So, um, you know, it's not like I really had like a, a set time that I was working and then homeschooling. It was sort of intertwined throughout the day. And we just, we made it work. And yeah, a lot of juggling. Yeah. It sounds like it takes a lot of organization and I'm just, I'm always amazed to listen to someone who is doing it because it really still is a dream of mine. Like if we'll actually ever get around to it, who knows? And Mm -hmm. with the kind of job that I have, it is freeing for me if I make my my days look like that. I mean, I don't have to work at a school. I can do freelance work and I can work at a time. So, I mean, it may someday be an option for us. I'm always looking for a new option. Right now, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about sending my my kids to a charter school that's opening um this coming fall they start two weeks before we do so i'm gonna check it out i'm gonna let them go for those two weeks and see how it works and (laughs) if that works out that might be the new place they're going because i'm always looking for ways for because i know that it can be better yeah you know i feel right now it's tolerable Mm -hmm. and i don't just want to be in a place where i'm tolerating life like you said i want to be living I want my kids to be growing and thriving and I want them to be comfortable where they are. Like just to feel so feel like it's such a free and experience to be in the environment that they are and that they are loved 
right. the people that are actually there with them want to be there. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is key. That is truly the key. Because and kids I, know they can tell. Yeah. You know. Oh, they can. Yeah, they pick up on stuff like that very quickly. And, you know, I, like you, have been an explorer of, you know, what's the what's the best fit? And I'm I'm open to trying new things. And so have my kids been. I've never, like, dragged, gotten their consent. But, you know, they have, they have you know, been to, I mean, Josiah was mostly homeschooled, but he's been to a couple brick-and-mortar schools. One was private. One was a public charter. Josh has been to a public charter and then a public district school and then he homeschooled. So we've made some different educational decisions, just trying to figure out what's going to be the best for them. What's going to be the best for our family. What do we, what is out there that, um, you know, we can utilize. And so I, I love that you're on that journey because really that's where you're going to find what is going to be the best fit for you and your kids. And, um, one thing I wanted to say too about um, homeschooling, specifically as an African American mom, one thing that I sorely felt was lacking in my educational upbringing was an understanding of my history as a Black person. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I um, have gone out of my way to instruct them in, in this school year because. <laughs> Uh, these are things that I didn't learn about until I chose to go to college and take classes about it. Right now, mind you, not everybody will go to college and not everybody should. And that's, that's a, probably a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm so like, I'm so over pushing people to go to four year college. Hey right? man, I'm, I'm over with that. You on that. Right. Um, so, but anyway, um, so we, I, the, the cool thing about homeschool is like, you literally can, can, and this is particularly with my charter school, because some homeschool charter schools have different rules, but with Inspire, you can use your funds to purchase any curriculum you so choose to, to teach your children. So I chose to purchase a lot of curriculum about African-American history. So we're doing things like a flashcard a day about a historical or noteworthy African-American figure within our country and what they're known for and how we can apply this to our lives so that they can see people that look like them living extraordinary lives. And I really feel like this is something that, you know, they're just, you, and you don't even have to homeschool to do this. This could be something you do at night. Right. But I'm just saying that in a lot of schools, they're not teaching our kids about who they are. And so I grew up very confused about why I should be proud to be an African-American person because I knew I was proud to be a Robinson. That was my main name. Um, I was proud to be a Robinson and I knew we were all black, but I didn't really know what black people had really contributed to this country because I was never taught. So because I had the opportunity to go to college and learn some things and then through self-exploration and just looking online, I just started getting stuff about, you know, cultivating my daughter's love for her, her body and her hair mm-hmm. specifically, mm-hmm. Um, really reinforcing the fact that African-American men can achieve and like finding those characters for my sons to, to hold on to and gravitate towards. So that part for me um, as a homeschooling mom was really critical because um, like I said, I don't want my children growing up feeling like there was a hole, <laughs> you know, right, right. That's sort of in their heart from that education that they didn't get about themselves. 
And so I don't know, you know, I'm, I feel like I told my husband, I said, I'm preparing our kids to be unemployable, meaning that the goal is for them not to really grow up and work for somebody else. It's to grow up and work for themselves. Girl, we are That's speaking our... the same language. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they, they need to be as much as I can prepare them. They need to be, they need to have that holistic education and learning about themselves and history um, is a huge part of that. So I'm thankful that I, and I will continue I might not homeschool um, all of them even next year, but no matter what we choose to do educationally, we're going to continue to stay on that path of learning about who they are as black people in this country. So I just think that's so important. I love that. And that was one of the reasons that I am looking into the new charter, because part of it is that the history that they teach is um, geared towards Hispanics and African-Americans. And I just, I just love that, you know, it's like you get so much from learning about what your people, first of all, endured. I mean, and we don't, Mm -hmm. we, that's the part that we learn about the most is what they endured, but also learning how they got over, like how they got over and so much resilience and how they were still able to move on in that. We're not, we're not giving that to our children the way that they need to get it. And a lot of these schools, I mean, I look even for my son, like he doesn't know he's seven years old, but I could see him being on the outskirts of things. And it's always, you always need an invitation from somebody to come in Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because the mm -hmm. people don't look like you all the time. Right. Right, So it's like, do they want to play with you today? Are Mm -hmm. you accepted today or tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Is it something Mm -hmm. different? I I just feel like it's important for us to be around people that look like us as well. So as much as the education component is needed, we also mm-hmm. need that other part of it. And lots of times, us as African-Americans, we have to make a choice. Like, which right. one is more important, you know? And, right. and I, I've struggled with that for years. So if this um, charter happens to work out, I have found my new home. That's awesome. <laughs> that would be I, awesome. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, and I definitely agree with you that that our kids need to see within their own community people that look like them and have personal relationships with people that look like them that they can look up to. It is so important. It just leaves such a, a hole, like I said before, in their hearts when they don't get that because um, they're not, they don't, we, we stand out in a crowd. <laughs> you know, We don't look right. like anyone else. And I think that that's, absolutely amazing but when you're a kid and you want to look like the status quo you want to do the status quo you want to be the status quo that's sort of what kids are tracked to to be in you know a lot of these schools um your differences can be can feel like a burden and i don't ever want my my kids to feel like that i want them to celebrate who they are their community, their history, their culture. And that has to be taught. It has to be lived out. It ha- they have to be exposed to it in, in order for that to happen. I'm so happy you're doing that. And I'm, I'm really happy that we had this conversation, Deanna. I can't even believe that I wouldn't be- think to go to you first about homeschooling. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are like okay. a, a, wealth, a wealth of knowledge right now. So I really appreciate you. What I wanted you to do before I let you go is to tell people where they can find you at, because you're doing some pretty amazing things, too, outside of just being a mom and working. So where can people find you at on social media and what are some of the things that you're into now? Okay, great. So um, 
like Tracy said, I am pursuing some things outside of being a mom and particularly a homeschool mom and a homeschool teacher. I am pursuing um, my music. And if you are wanting to follow me on social media, you can find me at Deanna Dyer Music on Facebook. I also have a blog at www.dyergirltakesworld.com. And on, let's see, Instagram, I am dyergirl32 if you'd like to follow me. And I think that's all my social media outlets. <laughs> but um, I am pursuing some dreams that God has placed in my life, even from a very uh, young child about singing, really worship specifically, um, worship uh, around the globe and bringing Jesus to people around the globe. And the love of Christ, that is one of my ultimate passions is to share the love of Jesus and what he's done for me and my life and talking about um, grace and love and joy and peace and all the gifts that he's given us through his sacrifice. So talk about that journey. I figured I sort of had a niche in the game in the sense that a lot of people talk about, you know, their road to success after they've, uh, you know, achieved a modicum of success. But I'm still just a nobody and I, <laughs> I'm talking about sort of that process and, you know, the struggles that I go through and the pitfalls that I may have and also the triumphs and the joys. So I took a brief hiatus because the end of the school year was insanely busy, but I haven't been exactly idle. So I will be posting um, a speech that I was privileged to give at our fifth and eighth grade promotion um, at Inspire and then also some videos and then some new blog posts. So those are coming soon. She has an amazing blog and out, an outstanding voice. So you have to follow her and go listen to her. And I'll also put all of that stuff in the show notes so that they know where to find you at as well. Thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us here on The Melanated Mom today, Deanna. Thank you, Tracy. Like I said, it was a pleasure to be invited. And um, I'm just so proud of you and what you're doing with this podcast. So thank you for including me in it. Oh, no problem. Love you so much, girl. Thank you. Love you, too. Take care. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Melanated Mom Podcast. Let's stay connected. Read my blogs over at MelanatedMom.com. Stay connected with me on Facebook at Melanated-Mom, on IG at Melanated Mom Podcast, and my new Twitter account at Melanated Mom 1. Talk to you soon.